Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. Good evening and welcome to the Ex-Mormon Files here in the heart of Salt Lake City. I'm your host, Bishop Earl. I appreciate you spending some of your evening with me tonight and with my guest. I'm really excited to introduce to you Marv Cowan. Marv is... Um, I guess if you were to list uh, uh, even a short list of pioneers in, in, of, of those who have been serving the LDS community by trying to share truth, you'd in, have to include the Tanners, Gerald and Sandra Tanner, and the Higleys, and uh, Bill McKeever, and along with that you'd have to include Marv Cowan. And so we're going to hear his story now for this week and probably next week as well. And uh, I think you'll be interested in hearing what he has to say. So Marv, appreciate you coming and spending your time with us sharing your story. Well, it's good to be here with you. And um, <clears throat> my story, I guess in a sense, would begin with my great-grandparents. Uh, yeah, tell us about your past there, the pioneer heritage. <laughs> well, uh, they were pioneers here in the Salt Lake Valley. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so it kind of came down in the family on my dad's side. Um, and uh, my grandparents were involved in the church and my parents were married in the temple and and I was sealed to them for all eternity and yeah. uh, I had a lot of friends I enjoyed my time in the church as far as uh, friends were concerned some very nice people and so forth and uh, I would have been happy just to continue on and do my mission and so forth but uh, well, you, you even shared the gospel as in the seventh grade with a young man I understand right? Yeah, the, the LDS gospel. I right, did. the LDS gospel. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I talked about my faith a lot with the school kids in, in the seventh grade. And they, where was this at? Uh, this was over by Grand Junction, Colorado oh, okay. at that time. Yeah. And um, uh, one of the young fellows that I shared my Mormon faith with uh, actually was so impressed he joined the church. Oh my and goodness. So were his parents uh, upset at that or were they no okay they really with it? they really weren't anything and and uh, he just uh, liked what he saw in us and yeah <laughs> so he became uh, Mormon and you and bearing your testimony to him about Joseph Smith oh, yeah, and the Book of Mormon and the, the whole story the Joseph Smith story the first vision you know yeah. with uh, God and Christ talking to Joseph Smith and then the angel Moroni and the gold plates and all of that <clears throat> and uh, he was very impressed with all of that, and uh, that's pretty impressive as a seventh grader too to be, to be doing something like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I said very much about my religion back in. Well, I was uh, I was one of those that was kind of uh, dedicated. I, I can't say that I um, knew exactly what I was doing, but I <laughs> I just uh, thought if it was uh, the one true church, I should be talking about it. Yeah, and makes sense. So I did, and. Uh, that really is what got me into trouble a little later. <laughs> well, and you uh, you become a deacon and you, yes, know, you get the Iranian priesthood. But then something did happen interestingly in high school. What was that? Well, um, some Christian young people lived the same direction from the high school as I did, and we quite often walked back and forth together, and we talked about a number of things, and uh, sometimes we got into uh, religious things. And uh, one time we were talking about uh, what would happen. Uh, when this life ends. And uh, <laughs> as we were talking, I said, well, 
uh, I really hope I can become a god. And <laughs> you had that answer, right? <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that kind of caught them by surprise, and they said, uh, what are you talking about? And I said, well, you know, uh, the Bible says, as man is, God once was, and as God is, man may be. And they said, no, where does it say that? <laughs> Once they asked me where it was, of course, I was at a loss. I had no idea where I uh, got that from. I just had heard it over yeah. and over. You and just knew that was your future if you were yeah. a good boy. And yeah. Yeah, yeah if I uh, stayed true to the church and so forth, I'd get to the exalted kingdom of the celestial kingdom, and I could uh, eventually become a god. And, yeah. and uh, at any rate, um, they challenged me about that, and I thought, well, I really ought to know where it is if I'm going <laughs> to talk about it. So it, it was that that really sparked the interest in, in reading my standard works. I had done like most, well, not only Mormons, but Christians, just reading hit and miss, you know, they the read a few verses here and there yeah. and so forth. I had never read the, the scriptures through. So I thought, okay, uh, I'll read them through. And I started with the uh, Book of Mormon and um, <clears throat> I did that simply because Joseph Smith said it was the most correct of any book on earth and a man would get nearer to God by abiding its, by his precepts than by yeah. any other book. Yeah. And I thought, well, that'll clarify everything for me. And so I started reading it. And uh, by the time I finished, I was more confused than when I began. <laughs> it didn't solve anything. It raised more questions than uh, it answered by uh, any stretch of the imagination because I thought it was going to answer questions about God and, and uh, about the one true church and yeah. you know all of those all those Mormon doctrine yeah. kinds of things. I thought they were there. It didn't answer the one about becoming a god later, did it? No, no. It, it's not in there. No. <laughs> and uh, I didn't realize that until after I've I've left and realized that the Book of Mormon doesn't contain much, if any, really Mormon current Mormon doctrine about families are forever and temple ordinances and all that stuff. One of the things that um, um, began to uh, plague me in, in my study was if it was the most correct of any book on earth and a man would get nearer to God by abiding by his precepts than any other book, where were the temple rites? Uh, where was yeah. the concept of the three heavens and eternal progression and men could become gods and yeah. God was once a man and so forth? I didn't see any of that in there. No, no <laughs> it's not there. And even at my young age, uh, that was something that troubled me. And I thought, well, uh, we've got other books of Scripture. So I started reading the Doctrine and Covenants and, and uh, uh, thinking that that might help to clarify what <laughs> wasn't clarified in uh, the Book of Mormon. But uh, when I finished it, I was <laughs> even more confused because um, there's so many things in it that just um, uh, were different than what's in the Book of Mormon. and. So I thought, well, a pearl of great price, better read it too. <laughs> <laughs> so you spend your time studying the Mormon scriptures? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the first time I was reading them through. Yeah. And I finished reading um, all three of those uh, books. And the pearl of great price really threw me because, you, you know, Moses, uh, you have um, the story of creation where God says, I, God, did this and I, God, did that. And then you get over to Abraham and it's... <laughs> And they, the gods, did this, and they, the gods, did that, and yeah. so forth. And, and uh, it, uh, it puzzled me. Why this difference if it all came from the same God? Yeah, and what I thought found interesting with that was that Abraham came before Moses did. 
Yeah. So you'd think that Mo if Abraham was seeing gods, yeah. then Moses would have written he should have seen gods too. So <laughs> right. that, that was kind of confusing to me too. I don't, yeah. don't understand that. But anyway, there was one other book that was part of the standard works, and yep. that was the Bible. And I got to it uh, last and, and <laughs> um, started reading it. And actually, um, uh, I enjoyed reading the history books and so forth in the Bible. I was um, probably not prepared for all the stuff that goes on in, in Leviticus and Numbers in and the Old Testament some stuff, of those yeah. things that uh, were there. Yeah. So I just kind of went through that pretty fast. But uh, then as I got on into books like Isaiah, um, you know, it, it talks quite a good bit about God and yeah. uh, no other gods before him and none after him and so forth. And, and uh, that didn't gel with what I had been taught about men becoming gods and so forth. And I, I thought, th there's something wrong, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> During so, this study, did you ever share this with your parents? I did or anyone else? I, I did talk with my parents some about it, um, uh, but they didn't know um, any more about it than I did. I mean, uh, um, like most Mormons, they... Did they you get the sense they'd read much or the, not? They hadn't read as much as I had, and that, that was oh, a problem. Wow. <laughs> and anyway, um, I thought, well, if Joseph Smith could go and ask God uh, uh, about what church to join, I ought to be able to ask him about uh, where I find the the real answers to some of these things that were beginning to plague me. Yeah. And I used to try to mimic Joseph Smith. Uh, we lived up in the mountains at that time, and I'd go out in the forest, uh, kneel down and pray, and I, I asked the Lord to send me an angel like he did Joseph, Joseph Smith. Smith. Sure. I didn't get an Felt angel. Felt you were entitled, huh? <laughs> yeah, I did. You were a good boy. Um, okay, I, was, huh? I was sincere about it, yeah. uh, but he didn't send an angel. But as I kept reading the uh, Bible, um, more and more things became clear. I didn't have a lot of problems with the Gospels, but when I got to um, <clears throat> the uh, book of Acts, uh, things began to um, take shape that, that really ultimately led to my conversion. But, uh, for example, in Acts 5.42, uh, it says, Daily in the temple, in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. And um, <laughs> you weren't reading I Joseph thought, Smith in that, were you? <laughs> you know, going back to when I was sharing my Mormon faith, I rarely mentioned Christ except in the name of the church or yeah. Joseph Smith saw him and that sort of thing. And uh, anyway, reading on in Acts um, <clears throat> in eight uh, verse five, chapter eight, verse five of Acts, it says that Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Um, and uh, in the same chapter, in verse 35, the Ethiopian eunuch is reading Isaiah. He oh, yeah. doesn't understand it. Yeah. And it says that Philip began with that same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And, uh, you know, in the next chapter, Saul of Tarsus is converted. And uh, it says in, in uh, cha chapter 9, Acts 9, verse 20, uh, straightway he preached Christ in the synagogue, that he's the Son of God. So you started seeing this constant uh, This message. constant uh, yeah. hammering away of, of preaching Christ. Yeah. And... Uh, Growing up in the Mormon Church, I, I thought about uh, how much they really talked about Christ. Yeah. I heard more about uh, the pioneers, I think, than I did about. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we pray in the name of Jesus, yeah. but the, he really isn't. He's not the center. Yeah, he's not the center of it. You know, I, on my mission in Denmark, I um, realized many years later when I and, I and the lessons now may have changed. The missionary lessons, I'm really not sure about mm -hmm. this. 
But when I went on my mission, the, f the very first thing we talked about was the need for a prophet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we tell the, m the story of Joseph Smith, mm -hmm. and uh, of course Jesus is in that, mm -hmm. but it's not a message about Jesus, it's about Joseph Smith and the need right. for a prophet. And then our second lesson was the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. So it really was, and, and I didn't realize, e I didn't even think about that until many years later, some, someone was giving a missionary homecoming. Mm -hmm. And I sat there in the audience thinking, you know, I didn't talk about Jesus on my mission. Mm -hmm. And here I was, a representative of the Church of Jesus Christ. I, I thought that was kind of strange. So you were very perceptive <laughs> to pick up on that. Were there other scriptures that oh, yes. I kept thinking? I interrupted your list of scriptures maybe, oh, but... Uh, there, there were many. Of course, in Acts 16 you have the uh, Philippian jailer. And, oh, yeah. Um, Paul and Silas are <coughs> uh, freed, but they're still there. And, and the... Um, jailer is almost ready to kill himself because he thought they were gone and yeah. uh, when he uh, found out they were there then he, he said you know what must I do to be saved and they didn't say well you got to join the right church and <laughs> all that That's kind of right. stuff just said believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved and uh, that emphasis um, really began to sink in and um, I still wasn't a Christian but I was beginning to to see some um, direction that I had not seen before. You know. And you were preparing for a mission. Yeah, I was planning, to go, planning, mission. On, planning I, on planning on mission. I really uh, truly believe that I had uh, belonged to the one true church and yeah. that this is the message that the world needed. Uh, they needed to know about Joseph Smith and the church and the restoration and all of those things. Uh, but I really didn't give Christ that much thought until I started studying in, in the Bible. And um, then I, I realized that they had an entirely different message than wow. the Mormon message that I had heard and the message that I was sharing with others. Um, it didn't mean that the people weren't sincere or they weren't good people, but they, they had the wrong message. And uh, as I uh, got into the book of Romans, you know, that's not a good book to read if you're trusting your own works. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And I... Uh, Saved by grace and not by works and right. sinners and, yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, I didn't understand it the first time through. I had to read it more than once to really understand. But for example, in Acts 5 and verse 1, it says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, not through belonging to the right church or not through priesthood ordinances or something else, but uh, through Christ. Yeah. I didn't know what justification by faith was. I had never heard that terminology. And yeah, I don't think that's one we use very often. No. no, we're, no. no we're, <laughs> Not by but faith, peace, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Peace with God was something I could kind of get a hold of. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to know that everything was right between me and God, and that's one reason I used to go out in the woods and pray and sure. so forth. I, I, I thought I was living a good life, basically, but there was something gnawing uh, internally that made me feel like there was more somehow. Uh, there was something lacking. I didn't know what it was. Wow. But, and I was asking God to show me what it was. And um, the more I read uh, in the New Testament, uh, the more <clears throat> I realized that what I really lacked was a, a personal relationship with, with God through Christ. Yeah. And um, as I read on um, through the New Testament, I got to 1 John um, chapter 5 and verse 9, where it says, if you can believe the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. And then it goes on in verses 11 uh, and following. Um, uh, this is the record of the witness that God has given to us, eternal life, and this life is in his Son. 
he that has the Son has life, and he that has not the Son of God has not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you might believe on the name of the Son of God. I, uh, by the time I got there, I said, Lord, that's what I want. I want to know I've got eternal life with you, and I, I just wasn't sure where I was. And so I asked uh, the Lord to do whatever it took to, <laughs> to make me a part of his, his eternal kingdom. And I believe with all of the baggage I still had, I think I was probably saved right at that time when I asked. Turn your life to Christ. I, I asked the Lord to come into my life and yeah. do whatever he needed to do with me. And uh, it took me a long time to work through a lot of the other things that I was still uh, struggling with, uh, you know, anything from pre-existence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that wasn't in the Bible for a while. <laughs> yeah. And well, don't you find it interesting, or maybe unusual, that we we never really think as Mormons, I don't think, of what's in the Bible, what it says, and what it doesn't say. Mm -hmm. uh, if you consider it as a standalone Word of God, mm -hmm. it actually contains the Gospel of Jesus Christ, but it doesn't have all of the things that Mormonism has added to. Oh, yeah. But we, as Mormons, it seemed to me that we use all of those scriptures as one set of scriptures. Oh, yeah. So we just kind of assume that because it says it in the Doctrine and Covenants that it must be in the Bible. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and, and that, that it's a strange concept of, of logic that we just assume that our Mormon doctrine is contained in the Bible, and the Bible does not contain Mormon doctrine. No, it doesn't. In fact, quite the opposite, like you were saying about grace and, and yeah. other things. Yeah. So what uh, what happens after you uh, come to this realization and are born again? Well, <laughs> I uh, wrestled with the, the whole situation for some time, and I continued to, to study, and I uh, came to the conclusion that um, I couldn't remain in the Mormon Church. I went back to it uh, just to make sure. It just had to be right, right? Yeah. I mean, we just, that's what we believe. And um, as I was sitting in um, the priesthood class where they kind of rehearsed the Joseph Smith story again, yeah. and, um, I thought, you know, that's, that's not what um, I read in the Bible. It's not what the Bible says gives a person um, a relationship with God. And so at that point, I was—I um, actually left home. Um, oh, it was within within a few months after I accepted Christ, mm -hmm. and so I just—I church hopped for quite a little while, trying uh -huh. to figure out if one of them was a true church. You were going to Christian <laughs> churches and stuff. Uh, well, mean, yeah, they yeah. weren't all, uh, you know, sound Christian yeah. churches, but they were. <laughs> what did your parents think of this at this time? I guess I interested in their impa the impact you had on them. Were they willing to look at anything, or did they just figure for Marv's off doing his thing and he's just gone off yeah, the deep end or something? My mother was uh, a convert, and she actually was more opposed to what I was doing than, than my dad. Who, who was born in the church. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, but she thought I'd become kind of a fanatic, and I probably was, yeah. you know, s somewhat fanatical. But uh, well, you must. It sounds like you were a very deep thinker, or at least someone searching for truth. Uh, yeah, uh, that's yeah. really what I wanted. I yeah. wanted God's truth, and and uh, I felt ultimately that I had found it, and it was not Mormonism. It wow. was Christ and Christ alone. 
you know, Jesus said in John um, 6.47, He that believeth on me has everlasting life. It's as a, simple as that. That's a it? very simple statement. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it's, the work of God, yeah. is to believe it, on it's God. Not, uh, what church you belong to, or um, all the laws you've kept, and yeah. uh, all of those kind of things, or somebody's got the authority to, you know, to uh, make you uh, right with God. It, Hebrews does a good job of explaining that yeah, too, doesn't it? It sure does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, you had some other experiences. I know you came. Um, you actually went to a, a school, right? After at what age was it that you started going to a, a divinity school? Well. Let's see. Uh, or have we jumped too far ahead there? <laughs> no, uh, I went, uh, right after I finished high school, I went to uh, a couple of Christian schools um, and <clears throat> graduated from a small independent uh, Christian church school over in uh, Grand Junction, Colorado. It's been defunct now for a few years. Oh, but okay. And from there I went to Denver Seminary and uh, I, I just felt like after I finished Bible college I needed something uh, more to be prepared for the work that I was to do. And while I was doing that, I was already, um, well, within a year or so of uh, the time that I accepted Christ, I began holding Bible studies up in the mountains there where I lived. Wow, um, you got people to come and teach Yeah, there were people. <laughs> I'm not sure I was uh, on target all the time the way, um, but I, I um, I believed the Bible, and we used the Bible, and, and we had some good discussions, and, and so forth. You had a real zeal to share the gospel. Yeah, I wanted the to gospel. share the, the message, yeah. and uh, got connected with the old American Sunday School Union. I don't know if you're familiar with no, that. No, I've never um, heard of that. But um, <clears throat> did some work for them, yeah. and um, then when I was in Bible college, I actually was a kind of a student pastor of a little church hmm. while I was going through college, and then when I was in seminary, I uh, helped to um, start some churches, and one of them had been closed for a couple of years, and nobody was doing anything, so I said, well, um, maybe I could do something, and I started knocking on doors and found some people. and <laughs> To come to church. <laughs> and we uh, opened up the church. It's still going today. Wow. So. Now, is that in, where is that in, Denver? Uh, no, this was over near Glenwood Springs, Colorado, oh, okay. uh -huh. right. in that area. Okay. Um, but, uh, so. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, I did, and it, it was um, good uh, background and training for uh, coming here. At that point, I didn't know that the Lord was going to lead me back into Utah. Back to Utah, to, okay. <laughs> but uh, we did some survey uh, work and so forth in Utah, and, and found at that time there were some 200 towns that didn't have any church at all except the LDS Church. And, and here in Utah? In Utah, here. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I couldn't cover all of those, but I thought, well, if we can get started. Get started. <laughs> <laughs> At least we can add one. Yeah, and what year was that that you came back to, to Utah? 61 uh, was uh, when I came My goodness. back to Utah. But so how, how were things? You, you mentioned not too many Christian churches here. No. I guess there were a few Catholic churches and obviously a lot of LDS churches. Mm -hmm. but there were a few churches, uh, but the number of evangelical churches I probably could have uh, counted on one hand at that time. Just and, and were there very many former LDS that you ran into? No, in fact, you know, that was one of the um, things that I faced once we started pastoring. Uh, the first few people that we did see come to Christ left the state because the family and oh, social pressure was, was so, so great that really? they just said, uh, we're not going to stay in. Thanks for the message, and, but I can't stay here and, and, and mm -hmm. live my Christian life. Mm -hmm. 
But that's all changed. It's, it's a yeah. different we're atmosphere gonna, now. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Well, Marv has also written a book. I think we have that. Uh, sorry. M Mormon Claims Answered. And uh, you wrote this back in 1975. It's been updated a few times. Mm -hmm. And I think you can get this at uh, Utah Lighthouse Ministries, mm -hmm. Sandra Tanner's uh, bookstore. And anywhere else that you know of? Uh, well, I, I sell it. You uh, sell it, okay. We, we call our little ministry um, Utah Christian Publications. Okay. It started out uh, just with free stuff to, to give away, but uh, we had uh, some young people working with us that had a lot of questions, and that's why I put this together. It was Well, yeah, because different. you're answering the same questions over and over right. off mm -hmm. quite often, don't mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So, after, so did you run into any LDS people when you were going through? Uh, school. I wondered if you had, did anyone, or are they all Christians, I guess, uh, going to school? Um, well, in the, in in the school they were Christians. Yeah. I had met just one other couple that had some uh, Mormon uh, connections that had left the church, and uh, uh, that's the only ones that I remember meeting that had been Mormons and then were Christians. Yeah. Uh, back in those days there were just not that many. Just not that many, yeah. yeah. But um, today it's a very it's a whole different. different well, yeah. I'm grateful or glad that we're going to be able to spend another sec session with you, uh, Marv, because there's so many interesting things I'd like to have have you comment on. But you did run across a pamphlet called "Mormons Under the Searchlight," mm -hmm. and uh, wh what was the story around that? Um, a little, yeah, a little pamphlet by uh, I think his name was William Beterwolf, and uh, he pointed out a number of. Uh, problems uh, in Mormon teaching, how it uh, uh, was at odds with the Bible. Uh, I was still uh, an active Mormon at that time. Oh, you were? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, as active as I could be. I, I was up in the mountains, so I didn't get to church every Sunday. I, yeah. We had to go 75 miles to the, oh the church. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, did you meet him, or did you no, just read, read his book, pamphlet? Uh, I, I really can't remember for sure where I got a hold of the, the little book, but I, I had it, and I read it, and I thought, he's not telling the whole truth, I don't think. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> this can't be right. <laughs> yeah. But later I found that um, the things that he said were, were true. He just didn't have the documentation down as to where he had gotten oh, it the from. Quotes and and uh, that's the reason I questioned that it, it really was uh, genuine. But I found that it was, um, and he... To your surprise, probably. To, yeah, yeah, to my surprise it yeah. was. But um, it, uh, uh, this was during the time that I was doing all the reading. Um, oh. So it added fuel to the fire. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and uh, it began to raise more questions about uh, yeah. Mormonism and the claims that it makes. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about this next week, but I appreciate you coming and uh, sharing your story. and. Uh, gosh, to to uh, to have been through all you've been through, and I, I'm sure there's a lot of changes. We'll talk about that next week as well. I'm sure, you, like you say, there's a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of changes in the last few years. So appreciate you coming, and I'd like to remind you that you're following the gospel of Joseph Smith, not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Appreciate you watching. Good night. This has been the audio edition of the Ex Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an Ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.